Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. What? 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 I go hard, cuz. Hey, you guys. I hope you guys are doing good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm running a little bit behind, honey. I got a lot going on, a lot of stuff to get through. Um, let me make sure my screens are up. Hey, you guys. Child, that screen be so loud. I hate how that screen is not automatically muted when you go live because I have like three YouTube screens up. So I hope you guys are doing good. Hey. <laughs> so um, I want to say that I want to do a Zoom meeting after this. Um, you know, like the after party in the Discord is going to depend on how I'm feeling. But I think I'll be okay. It's been a lot going on with me personally outside of YouTube. But um, health-wise and shit. So I should be okay. So after this, I'm going to try and be on here for an hour. And then once I'm done with my live, we'll just go to the Zoom meeting because we got a lot to talk about. Um, I definitely have to hit on all this shit with Elon Musk. I know some of y'all be getting y'all's feelings, honey, every time I talk about your daddy. Okay? Because y'all treat him like he's a god, like he's your dad, like you came from his seed. Calm down a bit. It ain't that serious. So we go. We gonna get into some things, okay? After YouTube, okay. But in the meantime, the folks who are not in the Discord, I hope you guys are doing good. Y'all like the hair? I had to switch it up, y'all. I've been wearing this curly wig. Child, I don't packed up. up. Y'all know I have hundreds of wigs. I don't pack them up. Don't know where they're at. They're in my storage unit. I don't feel like digging through all that shit. This is the last surviving wig I have right now. I ordered another one. You know, just because I wanted to switch it up. But, you know, due to the supply chain kink, the damn wig was ordered two weeks ago and I still ain't seen it. So y'all are stuck with the curly wig, okay? I hope y'all like it. <laughs> yes, Edie Mubarak. Happy Ramadan to all my Muslims. Hey, y'all. Thank y'all for joining me. Y'all know my mom, honey. She's been celebrating Ramadan too. So thank you guys. So we got a lot to talk about. I see the super chats. Thank you guys for the love. Mary Jane said 999 says, hey, T, it's Mary Destiny Jane on Discord. I graduated today. Now I get to see your beautiful face. Sending love, energy, sending love and positive energy. Blue gang, congratulations on graduating, sis. Thank you so much for the love. I really appreciate it. Gang, gang, shout out to all the blue hearts. Um, Janae Cozy Sim 49 says, You're finally going live and I'm not at work. That's what's up. Come on through, sis. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Mini 2202 Santan says, Hey, T, I was gonna watch Governor Walt speak, but I'd rather listen to you speak. LOL. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad I got your attention. <laughs> thank you for coming through, love. Um, Lanancia Nancy says, T, I've been following you since the video you did on the mother that drove her van in the beach with her three kids, sending much love and positivity from Mobile, Alabama. Thank you. I remember that story. I need to chat. I've been out here so long. I need to do it. Where are they now? Is the bitch still in jail? What happened? Then try to drown all them damn babies. Thank God that, you know, the bystanders were able to rescue the children. But yeah, I have, I have stories for days. So thank you. 
I'm Marvin D. Santin says, hey, sis, glad to see you back. Thank you so much, Marvin. Thanks for coming through. Uh, Theodore Betha said 999 says, we love you, T. I love you guys, too. Thank you, guys. I'm Shy Guy says, hey, T, from Virginia. Work was exhausting, but seeing your face makes my day better. That's what's up. Thank you so much. Very handsome in that in that profile pic. Look at me trying to look. Cute, cute. Okay. Uh, Sarah G sent five dollars. Says, "Hey, T, I'm a huge fan. Sending continued success. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate you." So yeah, we got a lot to talk about during this show. You know, I might offend some, but y'all know that's that's why y'all watch me. So. If y'all don't know, like, okay, so yesterday I was minding my business, okay? I was going through a lot yesterday. And so, you know, I jumped on Twitter to see what was trending. And I see Courtney Stodden trending. And I'm like, what year is this? 2011? Why the hell is she trending? Okay? And she's trending. Crazy-ass Chrissy Teigen is trending. And when I tell you, honey, white Twitter was dragging Christy. I had a field day in those damn comments. Oh, that was dragging her wide face ass. Y'all know I'm no fan of Christy Teigen, okay? A lot of people have invited her to this. I don't know what this barbecue is that black people have for people of other races. You know, these passes. Oh, they're invited to the cookout, to the barbecue. Says who? I don't like Christy Teigen because she, she's a mean girl. You know what I'm saying? At first, before Twitter, I thought she was a, a nice woman. You know what I'm saying? I met her on the set of the Tyre when Tyre Banks had her little talk show and Christy was on there and it was like an Asian man. The show only lasted a few episodes, but I was in the audience. So we got a chance to meet Tyra and Christy. Seemed like real nice people. And I'm a fan of Tyra. Okay. I'm a big fan of Tyra Banks. And so as Christy started coming more on Twitter, I always noticed her mean girl behavior, but people would dismiss it as, oh, it's a clapback. Oh, she's sassy. Because see, it's always cute when other races are sassy and have clapbacks. But imagine if Tyra Banks said half the shit that Christy Teigen says on a daily basis, y'all will cancel her black ass. But Christy Teigen gets away with it. And I've noticed things about her. So what happened is this. Now, Courtney Stodden, from what I researched, has been calling out Christy Teigen. Now, y'all remember this woman, um, remember when everybody, and, and this is another reason I don't like her. She uses her power in politics via her husband to bully other people who question her antics. If y'all don't know, during that whole pizza, P-gate, sorry, during the whole P-gate scandal, remember, she was boohoo crying. I had to delete 60,000 tweets because y'all keep harassing me. Who the hell has that much time to tweet? And the stuff she was tweeting was so disturbing. People started confronting her. And they said she was on the list on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. I don't know about all that. Because like I said, there's so many damn names on that list. I said, hell, y'all make sure Lovely T ain't on that damn list. Because every week there's a new list. So I stopped kind of believing the list a long time ago. The ones I can verify who were on that damn list was Naomi Campbell. She got all types of pictures with Jeffrey Epstein. That's why every time she trends and he trends, she disables her comments. She don't want to hear everybody's mouth. But um, she was boohoo crying a few months ago about how she was being bu bullied and harassed. And I thought it was funny because all she does is bully and harass and talk shit. Well, Courtney Snowden also found it funny, and Courtney Snowden was calling her out months ago. So I'm going to play y'all this clip of Courtney Snowden, or Stodden, however the hell you say her name. She was calling out Christy months ago about her behavior. And then I'm going to tell y'all some more stuff. She, she got a few... 
good conspiracy theorists that I like. She got them banned out for Twitter. I'm talking about people with blue check marks. Okay, not just random. I'm talking about people who have big fan bases. Christy Teigen got them banned out for Twitter for bullying and harassment. Oh, karma is real. So watch what Courtney Stodden had to say here. Leave Twitter over negativity and bullying was, I just couldn't believe how hypocritical it was. Um, hypocrisy, Tegan. <laughs> hypocrisy, Tegan. Um, it was just so hypocritical of her. Um, I think for me, like, because I experienced so much harassment and bullying from her when I was just 16 years old, just 17 years old, just 18 years old, at a time when I needed help, like I was being abused. She sent me multiple tweets. I chose that specific tweet because she's actually bullying me about getting kicked off of a social media platform, which it's ironic because, right? Because she left so, you know, social media complaining about bullying. She's, she has sent me so many different tweets, private DMs um, up to a couple years ago. It really affected me. And I think the bottom line is I never had a chance to forgive her. I think like I've never really, she, she, she's never given me a chance to, to forgive her. And I guess forgiveness, right. starts with ourselves, but it's so damaging when you have somebody like Chrissy Teigen bullying children. So I definitely think it's time to speak out. I'm not going after her and to bully her. And I, and I don't think it's okay that people are, are bullying Chrissy, but I also don't think it's okay to cry wolf either. Okay, let me come back on the screen here. So that was what Courtney Stodden oh God, was saying a few months ago. And I think I keep calling her Christy. Y'all know I'm bad with names, honey. Her name is Chrissy. Sorry. Well, damn it, we're going to call her hypocrisy. Tegan, okay? Because that's all she is, she's a big-ass hypocrite. So what happened, uh, basically, now that was Courtney talking a few months ago. So she recently did an interview with the Daily Mail, not the Daily Mail, excuse me, Daily Beast. So in this interview, and I read the whole thing yesterday, she was talking about how she was groomed by that old ass man from um, the Green Mile. Now that's how Courtney got her fame. Her parents, well, I'm not gonna say her parents, her, her mama allowed this 50 year old man, the man was older than her father at the time. They basically allowed Courtney to marry him. And this relationship was just, it was insane. She was trying to be low-key the next Anna Nicole. She's out there trying to be the overtly sexual sex kitten. And now, you know, she's playing. I'm not going to say she's playing victim, but I think now she's looking back at it now that she's older. And she's upset at how her life has turned out. Because, again, she didn't get the stardom that she thought she was going to get. Okay. And the guy, I forget, what was her husband's name? If somebody could write it in there, the ex-husband. Um. His career fell off. He lost a lot of stuff in Hollywood. He lost a lot of gigs. Doug, was it Doug? Doug, somebody, honey. He lost a lot of stuff and then nothing really panned out for her. So now she's trying to tell like her whole story. I hope this stream is not freezing. Let me know if this is freezing. Okay, okay, Doug, Doug Hutchison. That's his name. Thank you, guys. It was Doug Hutchison. 
So they would go on television shows. They was doing all types of hobo tours, trying to normalize this bullshit relationship. And so now that she's like 27 years old, she's talking about how it's affected her. And that one of the people that was mainly bullying her was Christy Teigen. And these messages that Christy Teigen was sending this young girl. Now, mind you, at this time, this is 2011. So Courtney's 16, 17, 18 years old. And the way Christy was bullying her and telling her off herself was so disgusting. So disgusting. Let me go ahead and see if I can find the tweets. Because one thing with Christy, they're, they're good for trying to delete her shit and clean up stuff after her. Thought I had them up here. Give me just a second. Okay, here they go. I mean, she and she was saying, this is just a few. She was saying some horrible things to this girl in the DMs. She was clowning her publicly and then DMing her this nonsense. So let me, let me show y'all this real quick. So this is Christy's old fry pan face head ass. She says, at Courtney Stoden, my Friday fantasy, you, dirt nap, mm, baby. Then she says, go to sleep forever. And she was replying to Courtney's tweet where Courtney said, on the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight exotic elves. And then she tells her to go to sleep forever. Then she slides back in her DM a few months later. She says, at Courtney Stoden, what drugs make you do that with your mouth? Asking for a friend who really wants to know how to look like an idiot. Thanks. Then she says, uh, Courtney says, do you have family? Oh, no, excuse me. Then she asks Courtney, she asks her, do she, does she have family? Um, there's a whole bunch of more stuff. Then uh, here, she says, real curvy body, never ceases to make me laugh out loud. Thank you so much at Courtney Sodden. You are truly a Twitter dream. Then she replies to Courtney out the blue again and says, I hate you. Then she says, why do you speak like a Fabio book? I mean, just bullying this girl for years. And I had no idea that Christy was doing that. I always knew Christy was an asshole. Okay, we, we've been known that. So now once that became public in her interview, oh, why Twitter was mad. You know why Twitter, honey. They love, they love a good Me Too movement. Honey, they was hot. Oh, they drugged. Oh, they drug her yesterday from the time that story broke until I went to damn bed. They were still dragging that bitch. So Chrissy tried to come out and apologize. And her apology fell on a lot of deaf ears, deaf ears. No one really cared. Let me see if I can find Christy's apology to her. This this woman's a trip. So she tried to apologize about the situation. And now what they're saying actually is that Target has dropped her. Okay, here goes one of her apologies. Let me go ahead and pull this up. So TMZ is reporting this today because she has a cookware line at Target. They're saying cookware off of the Target site, off of the Target site, biz move unrelated to Stouten. I don't believe that. Why would Target remove her the very next day after all this drama? So this is what Chrissy wrote last night. She says, not a lot of people are lucky enough to be held accountable for all the past bullshit in front of the entire world. I'm mortified and sad at who I used to be. I was insecure attention. I was an insecure attention seeking troll. I'm ashamed and completely embarrassed by my behavior. But that then she goes on to say, you know, anytime you add a but, I, I can't take you seriously. 
So that is what um, Chrissy was basically saying. And then Courtney came back and kind of clapped at her and was like, you know, you're only apologizing now because, you know, Chrissy wants to be woke. So she's saying you're only doing that for your like your woke fan base. Now, what I find funny about this here, here's why I got to keep it real. OK, now what I find funny about this is that now she wants to be apologetic because there's a face and a human being attached to the tweets that she was sending. But when her big head ass was sitting here talking about children and writing all types of disturbing tweets, these were her real tweets. Remember, when all the conspiracy theorists came out and they dug through Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen's old tweets, oh, we were told they were fake. Y'all are Photoshopping stuff. She'd never do that. She's, you know, she's, she's a fan of Barack. Who cares? So she's beyond reproach. And so when people can confront her about it, Twitter allowed her to delete all these tweets. They, they made her, they, they turned into a whole victim. News articles was cussing out conspiracy theorists. Oh, we were in the wrong. Remember, I did the whole video breaking it down when Summer Walker called her out. Remember, Summer Walker put her foot on Chrissy's neck. I did a video on it. Let's see if I can find that article. And then she got mad about Summer Walker confronting her. Like it got really big, that whole P-gate situation. So this was the story here, Summer Walker blasting her. I'm trying to find what Summer wrote. Uh, hold on. It was something Summer wrote to her. But anyways, basically, Summer was saying that, you know, what you do in the dark. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. On her secondary Instagram account, the artist posted screenshots of Tegan's old tweets with the caption, oops, Miss Chrissy, you deleted 60K tweets, was on Epstein's flight logs, and you said you're going to jail for pizza. Interesting. Everything done in the dark will eventually come to the light. God is good. So that is what Summer Walker wrote. I had did a video on the whole situation. So this was Christy coming in playing victim. I actually deleted 60,000 tweets because I cannot fucking stand you idiots anymore. I'm worried for my family. Finding me talking about toddlers and Tierra in 2013 and thinking you're some sort of fucking operative. And then she says, this don't get everyone thinking I'm guilty because I'm defensive. You understand you are calling me a pedo, correct? So she was like trying to confront people in the comments and going off on them. So now let me show you how the news media was spinning it to make her out to be the victim. Tegan has hit her breaking point on Twitter. The Cravings cookbook author vented her frustration on social media as conspiracy theorists continue to link her to convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein and his alleged accomplice Ghislaine Maxwell. She tweeted, I actually deleted 60,000 tweets because I cannot stand you idiots anymore and I'm worried for my family. Finding me talking about toddlers and tiaras in 2013 and thinking you're some sort of operative. Tegan also clapped back at a troll who assumed her guilt based on her outrage to the claims. She replied, this I don't get. Everyone thinking I'm guilty because I'm defensive. You understand you are calling me a pedophile, correct? She added, it's extremely disheartening. I don't know how to stop this. I don't think anyone quite gets it. Anyways, let me come back on the screen. So you see how the mainstream media ran to allow her to play victim. And I thought it was bullshit because she talks more shit on social media than anybody I know.
If I was to tweet and say some of the stuff that Chrissy says, I'd be in Twitter jail. I've said less than some of the stuff that Chrissy has said, and I've been in Twitter jail. Okay. So I went to days. I'm looking. I said, well, where's her old tweets? Because I used to have on my old Instagram page, but that page is deleted. So it's no more. Um, it literally took, it took me 10 minutes to find her old tweets. They've tried to scrub them off of the internet, but I managed to find them. So let me go ahead and show you guys just some of the stuff she was saying that she's trying to shame people for confronting her about. But this is what this woman was saying with her sick self. Give me just a second to pull this up here. <clears throat> okay, so Chrissy here, we'll start from the top. Seeing little girls do splits half naked is just, I want to put myself in jail. Hashtag toddlers and tiaras. Then she says, I'm going to jail over pizza. Well, if P-Gate isn't real, why would anybody go to jail over pizza? I order pizza all the time. I've never, you know, thought about me ordering from Domino's and equated and turned around and equated that to going to jail. This broad is weird. Then she says, it's all, it always weirds me out how strong little toddlers' tummies can look. And I'm aware of how absolutely disturbing that sounds. Hashtag TCAP. Then she says a belly, a shirt with a small, sexy toddler on it saying number one, duh. And somebody says, what does a guy wear to a toddler's interior party? She's a weirdo. Then out of nowhere, she screams, I want pizza. Once again, what is up with all this pizza talk? Then she says, Brad Pitt just handed us pizza. Then she says, I woke up this morning with a pizza on my chest and ranch dressing all over me. So if you think I'm too good for this, you're sadly mistaken. Then she retweets somebody and they say, pedophiles delight, toddlers and tiara, star four, Don's fake boobs and butt. And she retweets that. Okay. So this woman, I don't care what y'all say. Y'all can invite her to whatever cookouts y'all want to. I won't be there. My black ass won't be going to that cookout. This lady's weird as hell, okay? And let me show y'all what else she wrote here. This was another one I managed to find before they scrubbed it off of the internet. So here she says, I'm bored. Really want to watch kids give birth. Where can I watch teens giving birth, MTV? I mean, that doesn't make sense, but I'll try. Please explain to me what was funny what was comical about anything that she was just tweeting right now? And all these weird pizza references. So you're damn right that the internet put two and two together and they attached your weird ass to Pizzagate. Because who just thought you might ever hear from a regular person is, hey, do you want Pizza Hut or Domino's? Ain't nobody talking about how they woke up with pizza on their chest and ranch dressing on their mouth, whatever the hell she was saying. And Brad Pitt handed us pizza. Her tweets are just weird. So that is why people started equating her to P-Gate. So she took her power and got, I'm talking about like Tommy G and a bunch of like, like Tommy G and his crew, they was on her neck on Twitter. Honey, I was in the background sipping slow. Y'all know I love white on white crime, honey. Them white conspiracy theorists, they were dragging her all last summer. That's why they was dragging her so bad. That's why she started crying. Cause see, it's one thing when it's people who aren't verified. When it's just, you know, little Twitter trolls, you can kind of ignore them. But when people with blue check marks come for you, 
She couldn't handle it. That's why she played victim. A lot of y'all don't know that. It was Tommy G and they whole little gang of blue check marks. They came for her. And Twitter ended up banning them, took their check marks away, kicked them off of Twitter. It was a mess, honey. I was here for all that shit. I was listening to his little podcast, like, tell me more. <laughs> so that's what happened. And she tried to play victim. So this is the, this is, um, this, somebody said she just deleted her account. Honey, she commits Twitter side once a week. She'll be back. She's always deleting her account and crying bullying. And she's the biggest bully on social media. Now, what I find, okay, now let me say this about the whole Courtney Stodden situation. I also find this hypocritical too, right? So everybody's mad now, okay? All, all the white feminists are upset. Christy, you're wrong. You're bullying little Courtney. But y'all weren't upset. When, when the conspiracy theorists were calling her out a year ago about those disgusting tweets about toddlers, y'all were quiet. Oh, you're picking out a woman. She didn't mean anything by that. Y'all had all these excuses for her. But now y'all are now y'all are jumping ship because of the whole Courtney Stodden situation. You, you see how goofy these people are? They, they have no sense of loyalty. They just go wherever the wind blows them. Today I'm team Chrissy. Now I'm team Courtney. They just go. Just wherever the wind blows, then they just move. They never stand in their square. Okay? From day one, we've been looking at her ass sideways. Now, I'm going to say this about Courtney. Okay? Now, while I do feel like Courtney went through a lot, I feel like she was exploited. I never agreed with the relationship with her and Doug. Right? But I also have to question why Courtney's coming out now and speaking on this, and another thing that really bothered me with that interview that you did, Courtney, because I read everything. One thing I've noticed is that you're playing victim and you want to hold Dr. Drew accountable. You want to hold Christy Teigen accountable. You want to hold all these celebrities accountable for how they treated you as a teenager. Let me get on this Dr. Drew clip really quick. I can't show the whole thing, but if y'all don't know, back when she was like 16, Courtney had some big ass titties right? They looked fake. I don't know. They looked fake. So that was always like the big talk. Did she get breast implants? She's so skinny and her breasts are so big. You can be skinny with big breasts, trust me. So it was like this whole thing. I, I never understood it, but they were so obsessed with her breast. So back then, you know, there was no, there was no, there, people just didn't care back then. So they don't had her come on to the doctor show with Dr. Drew and they have all these grown adults giving her a breast exam with the ultrasound to see if her breasts are real. And at the time she was only 17. So it was very, very inappropriate. I'm gonna show, go, go ahead and show y'all the clip. It's very sad how they exploited this young girl. Give me just a second here. Okay. This is just the small clip. Right, that's all normal tissue we're looking at there at the top where the, where the semi-circle is. That's all normal. Yeah, that's all normal yeah. tissue, I see. Yeah. So I guess okay. she was telling us the truth. She doesn't look like she has an implant. She does not have an implant. So there you go. I'm you the purpose to come on national television. She had She had I mean, do y'all see how cringy that shit is? They literally bought a 17-year-old on national television to get felt up to tell the world that her boobs are real. 
So I understand her being upset. I understand her being mad, but this is my issue with Courtney. And this is why I have to hold you kind of accountable, okay? Because back then, you were trying to be the next Anna Nicole. You was definitely loving the attention. You were definitely loving the fame. I remember seeing you on The Surreal Life and all types of ratchet VH1 shows with Doug, okay? What bothers me is that you're trying to hold Dr. Drew, Chrissy Teigen, and all these celebrities more accountable than your own mother. See, folks ain't ready for that conversation. My thing is this. When they asked you about your mother, you made a lot of excuses for her. You said you still love her. It wasn't her fault. So again, if your own mother did not protect you, what did you expect the adults around you to do? You can't expect Hollywood to, to care more about your well-being than the woman who birthed you. And that is why they exploited you because your mother didn't care because she was in it for the fame and she was in it to get money too. So you need to take all this extra energy and also direct it towards your mother. The same way you're mad and you're calling out Christy Teigen, you need to be calling out your mama. Cause I'll be damned if I let a 50 year old come and snatch up my 16 year old child and have her out here to the world like she's some type of whore, stripper, some type of, you know what I'm saying, doll that, that you know, just arm candy. That's how she was treated. They was basically slutting her out all through the industry. And I get it now that she's older, she's very upset. She's very bitter. She's very angry about it. And she has every right to be. But you also need to hold your mother accountable because see, when your father try to intervene and say, nah, he's too old. This don't seem right. Y'all cut the father out the picture. So much so that her father has disowned her. Her father don't even talk to her. And so many times we talk about how, you know, men are not there and, and they're not stepping up. Her father tried to, but the mother strong-armed the situation and okayed it because the mother was looking to eat and get fame off of her child. Y'all not ready for that conversation. Let me read to y'all what she said about her mother. So they asked her, they said, how do you feel about the way your mother handled the situation? She says, I know that my mom loves me and that I have a really amazing bond with my mom. As a matter of fact, me and my father don't talk. He has completely disowned me, but I love my mom. Is she perfect? No. Has she experienced ups and downs in her own personal life? Yes. But she's a strong woman and she's been a fighter her entire life. There have been things that have happened in her life that break my heart. I will defend her until the end of the earth because I love her. But, they, but there were very difficult times where I thought I would never speak to my mom again. And Doug loved that. He didn't want her to be in my life at all or give her any regard. He would even email my mom from different emails saying that I don't love her anymore just crazy manipulative tactics that he used to isolate me. Once I got Doug out of my life, my mom and I patched up our issues. So that is my problem with her situation is that you're mad at everybody else, but you're willing to forgive your mother. Your mother pimped you out. And had Courtney been able to really be successful from this fiasco that was her teenage life being exploited, you probably wouldn't hear a peep. It's only because she wasn't able to really monetize it or capitalize it. People didn't want to touch this fiasco really with a 10-foot pole. They were willing to exploit her, but they were not willing to take her or Doug seriously. 
Hence the stress and the strain on their relationship and then finally divorcing last year. So now she's on, she's telling her story. What she's allowed to do is her story to tell. But I also wish that she'd be honest and talk about the elephant in the room is that you have a lot of these women who live vicariously through their children, particularly their daughters. And they feel like if they pimp out their daughter and teach their daughter that it's all about a bag, then somehow they'll be okay too. Okay? Let's not forget somebody else who did the same thing. Not trying to be disrespectful. God bless the dead. You know, God bless the dead. But Vanessa Bryant and her mother. Okay? Granted, Kobe wasn't 50, but he was a lot older than Vanessa. She was still in high school. He's coming up there dropping off gifts and making a big old spectacle. Y'all, y'all watch my Kobe Bryant Vanessa breakdown. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. Very good, well put together video. Her mother encouraged that relationship because Kobe was in the NBA. But I wonder if this was just, you know, Jay the fry cook, would she have been as encouraging of a 21-year-old French fry guy smashing her 16-year-old daughter? The truth is the truth. Y'all get mad how you want to. Y'all know I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Can I get an amen? So really, that's what it boils down to. Her mother was pimping her out. And if she's not willing to discuss that her mother was pimping her out and was using this for her own financial benefit, her own gain, her own notoriety, then I can't take you seriously now. You, you can't be more mad at Dr. Drew than you are at your mother. Okay, your mother's job was to protect you. And once your father tried to do that, she wasn't feeling it so much so that she was willing to ruin her marriage behind a bunch of foolishness. So that tells me a lot about the mother's character. Let me go ahead and read some of these super chats. How long have I been on here? I've been on here 38 minutes. Wow. All right. Shout out to all 10,000 people in here. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Um, let's see here. Uh, Kaya Kendrick RN says, love you, auntie, graduated my master's of nursing and landed a job in a trauma one ER in Detroit as an acute care nurse practitioner. Thank you for pushing me to do better. Love you. Love you too. And congratulations. That is awesome. You should definitely, definitely be proud of yourself. Thank you so much for coming through, sis. Um, let's see here. Yolanda M sent a $9.99 sticker. Thank you, Yolanda. Um, Ayanna Lori sent $20, says, hey, T, you see the craziness of the Ohio governor offering a million for the C-19? Yep, we'll talk about that in a minute. It, it's a mess, honey. I know y'all done seen uh, Spike Lee's Uber commercial. I seen that today, and all I could do is shake my head. Um, let's see. Kiss Melly one says, love you, T, you look beautiful as always. Thank you so much, sis. Appreciate you. Um... Angel Cam says, hey, auntie, just want to send some positive vibes and say thank you for all you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you. Um, Ayanna Wolf, sent 499, says, sending love from the Bay. Oh, my God, my role model. I've been watching since I was 14. I'm 19 now, and I'm graduating from continuation school. That's what's up. Congratulations. That's, I mean, it's like graduation season. Everybody's graduating. So congrats on that. Thank you so much. Uh, Jojo sent 999 says, Aaliyah, God bless her soul's family too. They pimped her out to R. Kelly's trifling ass and the 14-year-old in the take too. 
Thank God my mom cares about me. Speak on it. Speak on it. Thank you so much. I'm glad you brought up that Aaliyah situation. See, a lot of people, don't want, they don't want to do that. They want to, you know, treat Aaliyah's mother as, you know, she's a mourning mother. And yes, she's mourning. Don't get me wrong. But she definitely pimped her daughter out. Definitely. They didn't care. They knew R. Kelly was fucking Aaliyah. Everybody knew. But they didn't care because the fame was worth it to them. You know, so it's sad. But you have a lot of women who live vicariously through their daughters and they will pimp their daughters out because in the long run, they see it as a benefit for them. So it's really sad. Um, Francisco Zionga sent 10 says, hey, T, just wanted to send you an email about Bitcoin ransom in uh, Del Rio, Texas on the local news. OK, thank you so much. He did a 10 year service. He was a sergeant in Intel. OK, thank you so much for the super chat. Just send me that email. Um, Shay Bay says, hey, T, love your hair. Been watching you for years. But knew you were the truth with your C-19 coverage when it started in China. Love you. Love you, too. And thanks for coming through, sis. Uh, Coco Baby says, T, I love your content. I want to say thank you for your genuine energy, amazing smile, and helping me get through some of the tough times with your amazing personality. Aw. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for the messages. Uh, let's see here. Nino says, no one talks about Tom Hanks's IG page. His posts from last year were full of random children's clothing laying on the street. Oh, we talked about Tom. <laughs> oh, they they drug Tom Cruise. I mean, not sorry. Oop, my bad. Not Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks. Wrong Tom. No, they drug him. People have talked about it. They talked about that ankle bracelet too. They talked. The streets are talking. Trust. But again, a lot of these guys they're so big they're able to just brush a lot of this stuff under the rug. In the case of Christy, she's just play, able to play victim. And the media runs with it. But this is one instance where she can't play victim because Courtney kept those receipts. So people are seeing the real nasty person that Christy is and has always been. Um, Brooklyn Kennedy says, Senfadali says, you are more qualified to speak on breast. We trust your expertise. If you say she looks like she has implants, we're definitely going to take your word for it. <laughs> You're a mess. Thank you so much. No, you can tell, you know, her, her stuff was real. It's just like when people are really skinny and you're top heavy, people automatically assume that, you know, they're fake, you know, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, every now and then you can be skinny and have some big boobs. <laughs> it can happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just sad that they would even do that to her. You know, like my thing is like, who, who, like nobody woke up that day and was like, hey, I wonder, you know, we should bring Courtney in here and, and, and test her out and see if her boobs are real. Like the fact that that even like made it through production and this was like on national television and nobody saw anything wrong with that was just really disturbing. Like her whole relationship was just a joke. It was just a joke. And it, it's really sad because she's suffering behind it. Um, Southern Comfort Glam says, hey, T, longtime tea sipper. Just had to pop in and donate a few coins sitting at home recovering from surgery. Love from Nebraska. Keep blessing us with your knowledge. Oh, thank you so much and happy healing to you. Thanks for coming through, sis. Um, Gregory Santen says, love you, T. Love you, too. Thank you, Gregory. Jazzy Hudgens says, hey, T, I get the conspiracies are cool and all, but let's be real. Who started the room in the first place? Notice when it started QAnon. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't, I don't, at this point, does it matter who started it? What she is tweeting was disturbing. You know what I'm saying? 
I don't believe in every single conspiracy and I don't believe in every single thing. That's why you need to do your research. But at the end of the day, regardless of who started it, her tweets were real tweets. And what normal adult, because she was not 10, 11, 12 years old when she was writing this. She was a grown woman. What normal adult is talking about getting turned on by toddlers in Tierra and just constantly referencing pizza? You know, she's just weird. Everything about her energy is just weird. Just like when she had the supposed miscarriage. And I'm like watching this, like, who's filming this shit? Who, who's recording this and taking pictures? And then she's posting on social media. But again, you know, not trying to be mean, but was that a deflection from all the P-gate allegations? Because I just found that very strange that people were on her. She was deleting her social media, supposedly for bullying her. And then the the miscarriage happens. And then everybody just forgot about it. Everybody stopped talking about it because they didn't want to stress her out. So I, I don't know. I just don't believe in happenstance. That whole situation was just weird to me. Um, Let's see here. The Queen says, remember when Chrissy came for the black girl who played Annie? Wasn't her name something like... Quasivon, I could never pronounce her name. I'm not even gonna try. Started with a Q. I heard she came for. She said somebody. She was too confident, which is sad. So a little black girl. Okay, somebody else sent a super chat. That's Ray Headley says. Don't forget what she says about Quavenzane Willis. Yeah, she was saying the little girl was too confident. I guess she thought she was all that with a name like that. You know, why is she so confident? You know, throwing shade at a, at a nine-year-old. She's just weird. But let somebody talk about her kids. It's an issue. You know, you would think that now that she's a mother, she would calm down. But I haven't seen it. Uh, let's see here. CPH Inc. sent $10. Said Chrissy was a child performer and was sold into the industry. Her and John were both groomed and raised as child stars. MK Ultra victims. They don't even know what they are doing. They don't even know that what they're doing is so vile. Shake my head. Mm, that's deep. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Um, oh, no, that's Mo says she bullied that little girl, Kwavenzane Willis, for being too confident. Chrissy is a weirdo. See, other people are mentioning that, too. I'm glad y'all brought that up. It, it's a shame. So let me go ahead. I want to segue because I've been on now for 40 minutes. Let's segue into the whole Joe Budden situation. So if y'all don't know, honey, shit done hit the fan with the lovely Joe Budden podcast. The reason why I call him Lovely Joe, because after a while, he started sounding like Lovely T. And so a lot of guys was, you know, bringing this shit up to me like, damn, you just said that in your live stream. He, he clearly watches you because he was literally saying shit that I would say verbatim. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> lovely Joe. And, um... So the last time we talked about the whole lovely Joe Button podcast, him and his best friends, Roy and Mal, they had just left. They left the show and the show went on hiatus for like a few days. And he came back with two new guys. The one guy's name was Ish. I can't think of the other guy. If y'all want to write his name in, um, but it was Ish and somebody else. So they came in. And like I said, one of my best guy friends, he's like a huge fan of their show. So he gives me all the tea. So I remember my homeboy, he called me and he was like, you know what? I really thought I was not going to like this new podcast. And I was really mad at Joe because it felt like he was replacing Roy and Mal. But he said, I'm really feeling ish. And the other guy that I don't know, Ice. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> like, I don't watch the show like that. Okay, ish and Ice, thank you. So my homeboy was saying that he was really feeling them. Like he really liked that they bought a good, fresh dynamic to the podcast. They were engaged. 
They were articulate, you know? So people, you know, at first were mad and were almost turning on Joe for how he did Roy and Mal. But then he, he lucked up by getting some good replacements and people started feeling ish and ice. So I think, okay, this is just my tin hat tingling. I think once Roy and Mal started reading them comments, because you know them comments, honey, they don't lie. And we're seeing the praise that Ish and Ice were getting. And how after a while, nobody gave a damn that Roy and Mal weren't there. I think it bothered them. So at that point, they reached out to Lovely Joe and they said, hey, Lovely Joe, what's up? Can we come back? We feel like we've been replaced. So Lovely Joe was like, well, no, I didn't replace y'all, but you know, we're not going to stop. Business is business. We, we got to keep going on. You know, and a lot of people got mad that Joe kept on with the show, but just think about it. In what other industry would somebody shut down because two people leave? Like we say in the South, one monkey don't stop the show. I love people like, that's why people here, I'm unsubscribing, bye. See ya. One monkey don't stop the show. And as soon as you unsubscribe, there's going to be somebody else hitting the subscribe button, boo. That's like signing up. That's like standing up in a crowded restaurant and saying, I'm leaving now. This food sucks. I don't like eating here. And everybody else is sitting there trying to enjoy their food. Like, bitch, just go. You ain't got to make no announcement. We don't need a dissertation. We don't need a pink slip. Just go. So the rest of us can enjoy our food. Okay. So I believe that is why Rory and Mal came back because they started feeling away. Because the fans, y'all y'all know damn well, a lot of these fans, y'all fans don't have no loyalty. Y'all will go wherever the wind blows, okay? I, I know that firsthand. I remember a few years ago when I was having issues with my channel, they had demonetized my channel for no reason. It was fucked up. And they ended up admitting fault six months later and giving me my damn money. But so I was like, I'm going to leave YouTube. I'm moving to Daily Motion. Please come follow me here. Ciao. <laughs> And I probably had like 50,000 subscribers at the time. When I tell you, maybe 100 people followed me to Daily Motion. <laughs> at that point, I'm like, the internet ain't shit. Folks was like, oh, well, that sucks. Well, let me go watch somebody else on YouTube. And folks did. They went to go watch other people. And me and my 50 subscribers who came to Daily Motion, you know, they hung in there. I made a few videos for a month and then I ended up back on YouTube for free. Okay. So I just made free videos until they figured out everything with the monetization. So yeah, these fans ain't loyal. Y'all talking about these hoes ain't loyal. Some of these damn fans ain't either. They'll just go on to the next content creator. So I think they got a rude awakening. They thought that the fans was going to pick it. Hell no. We want Joe and Rory and Mal. And the fans was like, well, damn, Ish and Ice are pretty good too. Okay, cool. Shit. <laughs> Whatever, you know, so I think it kind of hurt their feelings. They got mad. So they came back. So my homeboy sends me a text. Oh, he's, oh, dang, look, they're back. They're back together. I said, okay, we'll see how long this lasts. So I watched it. I want to see, like, what was their explanation for the hiatus and the drama? And I could tell when they came back, the vibe was totally off. That vibe was off. They didn't really seem, Mal still seemed upset. He was sitting on that higher chair, face all scrunched up. He still seemed irritated. Rory was trying to play it off, but the whole time he looked like he was ready to punch Joe. And Joe was looking at it like, this shit is whack. Can I bring back Ish and Ice? Like, I just didn't feel the vibe at all. And they were trying to talk. And, and Joe can be very arrogant and narcissistic at times. And he kept trying to downplay their feelings. 
And the whole thing is Mal is like, well, we supposed to be boys and we supposed to be friends. And then we look up and then we see, you know, no, no shade towards Ish and, and Ice. But, you know, they're like our replacements. And that wasn't cool. And it's like, but then y'all left the show. So what was he supposed to do? And like I said, the difference between people like Joe Budden and people like me, DJ Academics, um, and other people who can just do shows by themselves. Everybody can't do a show by themselves because they don't have enough personality and they have to be able to bounce off jokes and ideas off of other people. So there's no way that lovely Joe could have just sat there and did a whole two hour stream, a two hour podcast. It's just not going to happen. He just does not have that type of personality. So he had to have co-hosts. That's just what it is. Okay. DJ academics can do a damn stream for six hours just because that's just him, you know? So everybody has their strong points and most people are, you know, they have to have, you know, sidekicks and shit. I don't need none of that. That's why most national shows like The View and The the Real, you always see that there's three to four people. So that way they can all bounce shit off of each other and create a vibe and all this other bullshit. Don't need it. So I believe when I watched that show, I just, I wasn't feeling the vibe. I wasn't feeling it. And I told my homeboy, I said, we'll see how long this lasts, but it doesn't seem like it's going to last long. And then yesterday I got word that, honey, shit went down. Joe done cussed out everybody, fired Rory, fired Mal, and supposedly the podcast is not coming back. So we had a good discussion about this on Discord. I'm going to go ahead and play you guys the video of Joe going off. There's no, it's just audio. There's no picture. You know, Joe liked to cry, honey. So y'all go ahead and uh, listen to this real quick. Give me just a moment here. Change the splits. Change the benchmarks. Hey, y'all go get a deal and bring it back. I'll take less. I'll take less. Not much less. Not much less. But I'll take less if y'all source it. Hey, y'all go get the advertiser and the integration. Hey, we talk about these deals all the time. You bring it, you eat different. I bring it, I eat different. You niggas ain't brought shit and got the nerve to have y'all fucking representation that ain't been around in six years hit Ian's phone about something? I won't say what I want to say, but y'all will not continue to treat me this way. Y'all not going to continue to treat these people this way. Y'all take that fucking dark energy, that arrogance, and that entitlement somewhere else. PTSD. I say all of that to say we going to do this. Since Rory feels like he has so many options here. Somehow he still feels like he's running the show. He still feels like he has choices and options. He feels like he's entitled to more. Rory, you are in breach of your contract. And from this point forward, you are fired. And you're not welcome back. Does anybody in here have a problem that I'm the person that has to say that? No. Maul, I'm the person that has to say that. The gall of you to think that you are observing the way that I am. Okay, let me play y'all this other clip here. Some reason was questioning me and friendship. And, and my character. You there. You 
there. He was questioning my friendship and my character as someone that has overpaid him and overprotected him. Because I speak to academics. Because I did a lot with academics. Why are you not allowed to communicate with this man? I'm so confused with that whole thing. And that was the same part that I came in here and said, I was referencing Snowfall. I said, you know, y'all want me to be mad at how another nigga talk? They both sat here and agreed. Yeah, yeah. No, nigga. That's what y'all doing. <laughs> Rory thought that I, that our friendship was in turmoil, and I, and, I, and I didn't view him as a friend, and he couldn't view me as a friend, because I may work with academics again in the future. We had we had a show that I think was one of the best shows ever made. That's great show. And we have been getting offers for that show since I left that show. That's on us to do it now. He don't need it, and I don't need it. Nobody needs it. Everybody's rich. Niggas is cute and rich. And they came with Beyonce's. I wasn't that fortunate. <laughs> anyway, sweat with the pigs. Beyonce came with baby. Beyonce just had a different ring to it. I still got my ring. But I'm saying he was questioning our friendship based off the fact that I may work with academics again in the future. There is a mutual respect between me and that guy. I'm sorry that the rest of the industry may feel differently about it. I've worked with him. I understand him. I get it. But that was a real bad pod the day the day that we recorded that when he was mad. And then Maul came in and Rory said, Rory said. Maul, you know, Joe would work with academics again. And Maul said, yeah, man, but you already knew that. I didn't pay that no mind, that little exchange. But boy, was it important. All right, let me come back on the screen here. Ooh, child, the drama. Let me read some super chats real quick. Lava Pop sent $50. Thank you, Lava Pop. He says, hey, T, congrats on the new house. Uh, YouTube has made it difficult for me to send super chats. Keep pushing forward. You have opened, hold on. You have opened my way of thinking over the years. You mean a lot to people, including myself. I'm going to send you something in the mail. Thank you so much. Thank you for the super chat. And I'm just happy that I'm able to do that. That's why I do what I do. So people can just look at things differently. You know what I'm saying? Get away from that whole sheep thinking, that whole group think, the whole media narrative, and just look at things from like a different perspective. So thank you for being open enough to, you know, see where I'm coming from, because there's nothing worse. I had somebody leave a stupid comment yesterday on my podcast video, and I had to check them real quick because she was like, oh, this is doom and gloom. You're always doing doom and gloom topics. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? My last live streams have been about Portia and celebrity news and Wendy Williams. And then the second I do not one, but two podcasts about things that are actually affecting people, it's doom and gloom. So the truth is doom and gloom. You know how many people's lives I helped save, you know, during the whole Corona things that people had thanked me for being one of the first to speak on it. You know how many people went and got gas after they listened to my podcast? Cause they didn't even know that gas was turning into a shortage. So People like that, I just ignore them and let them be whatever they want to be. But I, I just am always grateful when I get messages from people like you and others that state that, you know, just the things that they learned from my channel and that I've been able to help them. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, let's see here. Nyan Bella says, 
Hey T, YouTube has given me a hard time not letting me send super chats lately. Hope this works. Thank you so much. See, YouTube, just they stay hating. Like, how y'all going to make it hard for people to send super chats when that's something that they want to do? Like, that's crazy. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate it. Um, Aisha Monique sent 25. She says, Rory and Mal have their faults, but there has to be a reason why everything Joe touches turns to caca eventually. <laughs> yeah, it, it's something about his energy. It's up. We're going to get into it. Um, Ken sent $24.99 and says, hey, T, love you. You look amazing. I love the goddess braid. Thank you so much, boo. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming through. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely a mess with this whole Joe Button situation. Now, I will say this. One, you can't mix friendship with business. I think, unfortunately... More, more so Mal than even Rory, he really went into this as like a friendship. And I think what happened is that after he, he low-key used his friends, like let's keep it real. He did low-key use Rory and Mal because he knows that he doesn't have enough personality to do a podcast by himself. So when he left Everyday Struggle, he hit up his friends and was like, hey, let's do this podcast together. It'd be a good look. You know, y'all be able to get some fame, build your fan base and things like that. Okay. They had some type of contract in place. And so they've been doing this now for about three years. So I can see maybe the first contract, the first year, maybe the contract was kind of shitty because nobody at that time knew what this podcast was going to take off. Once it took off, and Joe Budden started receiving that bag, then at that point, there should have been renegotiations. And it should have been renegotiations that was fair to everyone involved. Now, am I saying that Rory and Mal should get the same amount of the pie as Joe? No, because their name is, you know, they, they didn't, they're not the draw of the show. People came to the show because of Joe Budden. So, of course, Joe Budden would get the majority share. But it seemed like every time I would hear him talk about these business deals, it was always I, I, I. I got a deal with Patreon. I got a deal with Spotify. And I never hear anything about we got a Spotify deal. We got a Patreon. So that's how you knew that Rory and Matt were just simply workers. They weren't seen as equals or partners in this situation. And what's even more disturbing is that they, uh, Joe had made a comment that if they try to start their own podcast, he's going to sue them. So Joe has now turned into the same entity that he has built his career talking shit about. You know, he hates corporate. He hates the industry. And now he's turned very industry. If these were really your friends and this was really a friendship, why be mad if they decide to go start their own podcast? Why? Because that's competition. So the whole thing is just really shady. And I just think that this should be a learning lesson to a lot of people. Also, let me see here. Something else I wrote. Also, when you listen to a lot of the things that are said in that podcast, you can always tell that there was a lot of tension there. When things were mentioned about friendships, Rory was always so quick to say, well, we're not friends. When Joe would try and laugh and say little things about working with DJ Academics again, 
they would dismiss it as if Joe was just playing. But Joe was dead serious. Now, Joe wants to get mad because he feels like they're always getting mad about his relationship with, with uh, DJ Academics. And they feel like, how can you be cool with this dude when he disrespects us all the time? I'm going to tell y'all what I feel happened. Okay. I think the reason why Rory and Mal get so upset at lovely Joe continuing to deal with DJ Academics and be cool with him is because I think what really happened is that during everyday struggle, Lovely Joe and DJ Academics really had issues at different points. They had issues. He already talked about having issues with complex and the contracts and the negotiations, but I think it made him feel a way. And I think Joe was pillow talking. Okay, that's the word for it. I'm not saying they were all in bed together. I'm not trying to insinuate that, but that's what we call it, it's pillow talking. I think Joe was pillow talking and venting to his homeboys, Rory and Mal about DJ academics and just his behavior and things that he did on everyday struggle. Because if you really think about it, what beef would Rory and Mal have with DJ academics? They didn't know him. They weren't working with him. So the only information they would have had to have had would have been coming from Joe. You get what I'm saying? It's like this, right? See, people are not looking at it like that. That's like when you have a friend and they keep talking shit about somebody else, right? Like their coworker. They're steadily telling you all this bad stuff about this person. They get on my nerves. They don't do no work. They're this, they're that. And as a friend, you go hard for your friend. Like, yeah, fuck that bitch. And yup, uh-uh, she ain't shit. And you know, you know how you like cheerlead and you have your friends back. And then you turn around and your friend is like, yeah, me and that coworker I've been talking shit about for the past year, I'm going to her wedding. Or, you know, we're about to plan a girl's trip and I'm, and I'm bringing her. You're going to be like, well, hold up. You don't spent the whole year. You got me hating the girl. And now you and her are friends. I think that's what happened. I really do. Because females do this shit all the damn time. That's why I don't get invested in people's stories and beefs. I'm beefing my cousin. Good luck to you and your cousin. I'm not getting invested in that because y'all will be friends next week. But females do that shit all the time. So I believe, okay, I'm glad y'all see where I'm coming from. Let Regina in the comments says, uh, Regina Simmons says, T speaking nothing but facts. I believe that that's what happened. When all those issues was going on during everyday struggle, he was venting to his best friends. So they started not liking DJ Academics. Because remember, every time they would do a review on everyday struggle or talk about something, Rory and Mal, they had all this weird energy and hate for academics. Oh, he's whack. He's trash. And I always thought it was weird. Like, why do they have all this drama for him? They don't even know this man. But that's because Lovely Joe was pillow talking. So now, fast forward three years later, and you see Lovely Joe acting like he's willing to go do a podcast with the ops. They feel away now. So I believe that's exactly what happened. And, and DJ Academics is loving it. Honey, he was trending last night. Oh, he was loving it. He was loving the drama because he hates Roy and Mal. And he's created a lot of conflict between them. And my thing is, if I'm your friend and you've known me longer, Okay, because DJ Academics, that's your little industry friend. Rory and Mal, they're supposed to be like really close with Joe Budden. I would definitely feel a way if your industry friend keeps disrespecting us and keeps talking crazy about us. Especially being that we were only throwing daggers at him based off of what you were telling us. So put them in a really messed up situation. 
So, you know, the whole thing is just really crazy, like to watch all of this stuff play out. But I don't think that they were really taking their contract seriously. I don't think Roy and Mal really knew their worth. And some people say that, you know, Mal brings nothing to the show. He's boring and things like that. Either way, there's people who do like Mal. You know, or Ma, or Ma, sorry, Ma. There's people who do like Ma. So he does bring something to the show for somebody. But I think that they just didn't really pay close attention to their contracts. And they didn't understand that they were just the workers. They were basically freelancers. And they could be replaced at any time. And that is what Joe Budden has done. And so now he's basically confirmed that he's uh, he's stopping the show. This is what he said. People were confronting him on Twitter this morning. He had tweeted something. Let me go ahead and um, and play this really quick. I mean, show y'all this. So on Twitter, he wrote, friend or not, I'm never funding someone's sabotage of me. That will never happen. I get far away from the threat. You can thank peace until your face turns blue. Then somebody else says the, the hypocrisy of you preaching every pod. But when your friends want to know the details of their contracts, they're fired. Somebody else says you're funding the sabotage of yourself, ironically enough, LOL. Another person says you think because you've been trying to do a podcast for years that you're the boss. That's hilarious. There's a list there's a list a mile long of people that you have screwed over. So folks are definitely not feeling, you know, Joe Budden um, and his antics. And now I will say this as well. Now, Joe was saying that he was taking care of these guys, paying them pretty well and everything else. That's another thing, too. You know, when, when negotiations start, they start at the beginning, so if they if so if they didn't come to the table with anything, if they didn't have the money to fund the equipment, the location, because I'm sure somebody's paying for that place that they're, you know, doing their podcast in, the rent, the lights, all that stuff costs money. So if Joe was funding all of that and paying for all of that, of course, he's going to feel like he's the boss and he's running it. Whereas if these guys, you know, if they had their own money and they're willing to come and literally pitch in from the beginning, like, okay, well, how much is the, the rent on the space? How much are the lights? How much are, is the equipment? Let's split it three ways. Then the conversation is different. But I don't get the vibe that that's what happened. I get the vibe that Joe Budden paid for everything and they were just there. And then he just gave them some money. So I can see how as a boss, he'd be upset by that. Like, I'm paying all this money. Y'all are steadily throwing shade at me and, and throwing shots and stuff like that. But it's very interesting how everything he does is end up getting self-sabotage. And even Charlemagne the God, he said this a few years ago when he was on their podcast. He was there with Rory and Mal and Joe. And he said, how did you allow him to finesse y'all and name it the Joe Budden podcast? This was three years ago. At that point, they should have known they were literally freelance workers. And not really a part of the big business aspect of it. Because it was called the Joe Budden Podcast. Why is it not called Joe Budden and, or, and Friends? Or why is it not a name that all three of them decided on? So I think that was kind of the problem is that they all thought they were bosses. And they found, you know, they got a rude awakening. No, I'm the boss. The show is named after me. I'm paying for everything, including your salary. And at any point in time, you can go. And that's what Joe did. Let me read some of these super chats here. Um, Capono sent $140 in Zara money. So I'm assuming she's from South Africa. Says, hey, T, I also 
couldn't send super chats when I was in Qatar. Now I'm back in South Africa. I just wanted to say thank you for getting me through the past few months. It was super challenging, but you're amazing. God bless. Thank you so much. And thank you for the super chat, sis. Thanks for coming through. Antoinette Sam says, hey, T, been watching you for years. Keep doing what you're doing. Beautiful. Thank you, sis. Um, let's see here. Male Sensitivity Sand 30 says, good evening. Your take on Joe Budden's podcast is spot on. You hit the nail on the head. Plus, you look um, exceptionally ravishing tonight. I appreciate your energy and wisdom. Thank you so much. I appreciate the love. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like that's what that was. And that's why they're hurt and they feel away. And Joe doesn't understand that. Like you were talking shit about AK to your friends. And when your friend stepped up and had your back and was low-key throwing shots at him too on your behalf, you know what I'm saying? Having your back. And now you turn around and circumvent, you know, y'all's friendship to go back to DJ Academics. So I can definitely see a Joe Budden and DJ Academics podcast coming in the future. I can definitely see them trying to recreate what, you know, they initially did with Complex. But, you know, is it going to work out? Who's to say? But I just think the whole situation is sad. You know, it ended really sadly. And they had a very, very popular podcast. You know, I'm not going to ever take that away from them. I'm not going to take any accolades from them. You know what I'm saying? But their podcast was very popular. I know a lot of guys who listened and tuned in. And a lot of men right now are hurt. Like, literally. Like, y'all should see the text messages. It's like, calm down. Okay, Lovely T is still here. I still go live, damn it. Y'all can watch me until they figure their shit out. <laughs> but yeah, the whole situation is crazy. But again, it's not good to mix friends with business. And if you're going to mix friends with business, everyone needs to know what they're signing. Everyone needs to know what's in their contract. Okay? If, if the so-called boss has a lawyer, maybe you should too. Don't just go signing on anything and then you want to get upset after the fact, you know? So again, I think another thing too, me and my homeboy was talking about this. So many times when we go into business, we always think about the bad, about our business failing. What happens if it fails? What happens if I lose all my money? What happens if I lose my investment? We never think about what happens if this shit blows up? What happens if I'm the next Apple? What happens if I'm the next Facebook? I think we need to go into businesses and, and contracts and situations like that. Don't go in with a defeatist attitude. Oh, this podcast might suck. No one's going to listen to us. And then the shit blows up and you're in a bad contract. Go in with, with a positive mindset. Oh, hell no. Nah. My podcast is about to be fire. Everybody's going to tune in and listen to my shit. That's how I went into my podcast and it's doing damn good. So much so that, my, that uh, Spotify has not offered me Permanent monetization, okay? So my, my podcast is doing good. I went in with that type of mentality with it. I'm going to do my podcast, speak my truth, be myself, have fun with it, and Spotify loves it. So I think that's how we need to look at a lot of stuff when it comes to business. Don't go in with a defeatist attitude thinking that something may not work out because a lot of times it ends up working out and then everybody's able to eat. So I think if they would have went in thinking that way, like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm Rory. I'm the shit. I'm all. I don't say a lot, but I'm the shit. I bring something to the show. I think they would have had that same attitude when it came to the contract and they wouldn't be feeling away because ain't nothing worse than signing a bad contract and you see the person who's supposed to be your friend eating, getting all types of solo deals 
and y'all are just left there, but you guys make the show as well. You know, regardless of who your favorites are, if you don't like uh, Maul or don't like Rory or do like them, they did help to make that show what it was. You know, so it's sad. You know, hopefully they'll be able to figure it out. You know, maybe they'll work it out in the future and come back. Who knows? But um, I also heard that Rory wasn't there when Joe was doing all that yelling, that he was supposedly just in the room yelling at a chair. I don't know. That's what people told me on the Internet. I don't know. Because I'm like, damn, so Rory just sat there and let Joe yell at him. He didn't say anything. They said Rory wasn't even in the room. So I don't know what that bipolar episode was, but they, the Internet is saying that Rory wasn't there. So I don't know what that was about. Let's see here. Let me read some of these comments. Our journey, our journey called life in the comment section says, speak life into all things you do. Preach tea. Amen. We have to. You, we have to speak life. You know, so many times we're quick to down ourselves, down our thoughts, down our ideas. Hell no. Uh-uh. Claim it and claim that you'll be prosperous. Always going to business, ventures, all that stuff with that type of mentality. Real talk. That's exactly what I did when I started my tea line. People were like, oh, well, there's already tea and people already sell tea. What makes your tea different? It's different because it's my tea. Lovely tea. And now it's one of the top selling teas on Amazon. So you, you always go into business thinking with that mindset. I don't give a damn if there's 50 other tea companies. They're not tea. Okay, they're not this black woman. So go into stuff like that. Let's see here. Uh, Vanita Pace is literally all their faults, especially Mal and Rory. The name alone wouldn't have been cool with me. You're going to have to have an issue if you leave me, including the legal matter that's going to come with the name. Yeah, they just weren't smart about it business, business wise. Rory and Mal kept looking at this from a friendship point of view. Joe's been in the industry for years. We've all seen Joe on those old ass VH1 MTV specials, honey, crying about his contract, crying about getting smashed with no Vaseline, you know, because of these industry contracts. Yeah, I remember them damn old Joe Budden videos. He was always ranting about how the industry did him wrong. So in that, he's learned to reinvent himself and he's learned to become a smarter business person. So now he's kind of doing the same thing. The industry did to him, but unfortunately, he's doing it to his friends. And that's where his friends, they should have been a lot smarter and looked at this from a business and a professional standpoint instead of a friendship. Let's see here. Um, Mez D sent $9.99. Thank you so much for the uh, super chat. Khalees sent $9.99. She sent a sticker. Thank you so much, love. Vic sent $20, says, hey, T, love from Canada as always. Did I miss the conversation on James's predator ass? <laughs> as if gay men need more stereotyping, sexuality is no excuse. Throw the book and comb at him. YT tried to censor my message, shake my head. Thank you so much. I haven't got on James Charles yet. I'm about to because I've been on here for an hour and 14 minutes. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Ryan Bradford says, been a fan for years, and yesterday I listened to your podcast about ransomware attack and just read in my local paper about ransomware in Gary, Indiana. Wow. It's interesting that some people never knew that this type of stuff existed, but yeah, it's very scary. It really is. Um, Nitty Wilson sent five, says, hey, T, just showing love. I wrote you in the Discord about my preemie baby. She's now seven months and 17 pounds. Wow. 
I'm glad she's doing better. Thank you so much for the super chat. Let's see here. Really, Nadia says, you look fabulous. Thank you, sis. I appreciate it. Um, Nene4002 says, trying to focus on them boobs, T. <laughs> Can you still focus, man? <laughs> Y'all are a mess. <laughs> Y'all are a mess, honey. Thank you so much for the super chat. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. That's fact says, love you and you've inspired me to start my own podcast. That's awesome. I'm telling y'all, podcasts right now are the wave of the future. Don't let all them damn celebrities hog up the podcast, you know. And that's how I kind of felt initially going back into podcasting. I was like, dang, it's getting oversaturated. It's all these celebrities, all these bigger names than me. But then I was like, you know what? There's no lovely tea. So, no, I want to get into it, and I, and I love it. I enjoy podcasts, and I really do. So definitely get into it. And I'm telling you, there's going to be some good monetization options coming down the pipeline for people. So get into it, because a lot of people are leaving YouTube and a lot of these social media platforms as far as using it for their main you know, stuff. They're moving towards podcasting. So, yeah, definitely get into it if that's what you want to do. Um, let's see here. Forever XO, X, uh, XO 68 says, been watching you since the beginning of my college journey. I'm graduating on the 21st with my bachelor's in social work. Love what you do on YT. Thank you so much and congratulations. Look at all these graduates, man. I'm so proud of you guys. That's awesome. Uh, let's see here. Jazzy says, thanks for reading my super chat. Love your channel. And I totally get what you're saying. Thank you so much. So, y'all, I've been on here for an hour and 16 minutes. Let me talk about this James Charles situation. I want to get on this real quick before I leave. Um, so, if y'all don't know, James Charles, <laughs> he was trending yesterday, too. I'm telling I was in bed having a field day just looking at all the trends, laughing and sipping. So, he was trending yesterday. If y'all don't know, James Charles is being sued by a former employee. Now, this woman... She's been out for a while and she has sued other YouTubers. I don't know who keeps recommending this bitch, but don't recommend her to me because I'm going to cuss your ass out. You come at me with a damn lawsuit because this is the second YouTuber that she sued. So supposedly she was James Charles editor. She was his friend and confidant. Hell, they were so close that she says that James Charles made her shave his ass. I don't know. I don't know what world your employer makes you shave their ass, but. I don't know, hoodie. So she says, so not only was she not getting paid on time, she was being forced to edit, do overtime. She had to do all this work on top of shaving his ass and balls and everything else. Um, so now she's suing and she's putting everything out there. She also said that James Charles was using racial slurs to her. They'd be talking and sipping tea and he'd be like, N-word, N-word, N-word. Okay, honey. And so when he was up here doing all this racial shit, bitch, what was you saying? Did you nip it in the butt? Did you check him on it? Or were you sipping slow too? See, people love to talk about what somebody else done did, but how did you receive the message? Any damn ways. So she's just been out here running her mouth and, you know, dragging his name through the mud. So James Charles is finally speaking. He's tired of it. He's like, this lawsuit has been going on for a while. This woman is messy. And he's basically saying that this woman is trying to blackmail him, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys what James Charles had to say. He didn't mention anything about the ass shaving. I was hoping he'd mention that, but he chose not to talk about it. So probably it's true because um, 
Legend has it. He's had other people shave his ass. <laughs> Let me show y'all. There's, there's an old tweet floating around. Let me see if I can find it. Matter of fact, before I play y'all the video, let me read to y'all what she said about the ass shaving. But there's an old tweet I had seen, like, back in 2017. He was forcing somebody else to shave his ass. I said, I don't know what this is about. Is this a thing? Like, why is your ass hairy, first of all? But, okay, never mind. Y'all go ahead. Let me read this to y'all. All right. So this is what the lady wrote in the article. Imagine having to go over and essentially pick James up out of bed. Tell him to brush his teeth. Tell him, okay, what do you want to eat? Okay, someone is coming to do your laundry. Okay, I'm going to go get your laundry, I guess. Okay, time to start filming. You don't want to film? Well, we both know you have to, so please let's think about it. Ciao. Then she goes on to say, she also said James walked around the house naked in front of her <laughs> and called her names like, bitch, and once told her, Kelly, I might need you to help. I might need your help shaving my butt in preparation for revealing Coachella outfit. <laughs> it made the conduct extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this bitch is adding all types of sauce. Girl, get your lawsuit and go sit down. She's capping. I'm no James Charles fan, but that's a bit much. Bitch, he's a whole fucking millionaire. I have to drag him out of bed to make a video. Get the hell out of here. He been making videos. So what was he doing before you got in the picture? I had to, you know, hold him up and help brush his teeth. Stop. You ain't did all that shit. Girl, bye. Stop adding sauce to the damn story. And then he called me out the blue and was like, bitch, shave my ass for Coachella. <laughs> Child, I'm here for all this white on white crime. <laughs> this is a whole mess. So James Charles is responding, honey. He said the bitch is blackmailing him. Let me go ahead and show y'all this. That that damn excerpt in the magazine had me cracking up. I said, shave his ass for Coachella, bitch. I'm not shaving nobody's ass. You a grown ass man. You're gonna have to cut your ass before I sit there and shave it. <laughs> All right, this is James talking. Hello, everybody. James here. I hope you guys are all having a beautiful day, afternoon, night, wherever you are in the world. I hope you're doing well as well. I really miss you guys. Um, Shut up. Get to the point. Behind the scenes have not been so quiet. There's a lot going on, and I currently feel as though the situation that I was in is being taken advantage of, and I feel as though I'm being blackmailed, which is why I wanted to film this video today. Um, for those who are not aware... For the last two years now, I've been dealing with an ongoing lawsuit from one of my previous employees. This is something that I've never spoken about, I've never mentioned, because I wanted to keep it private out of respect for her, uh, and the fact that it's literally an ongoing litigation. Uh, but she's now speaking about it, which is just perfect time considering everything else that's going on. Um, basically, when I was 18, I moved to LA. I was living in my downtown apartment, as you guys know, and my YouTube channel was just starting to take off. I was filming and editing three videos a week by myself for my channel, and I really just wanted help. So I hired an editor. This person worked for me, and then was later promoted to my producer, which means she was no longer editing. She was helping me film videos and was like my right-hand person for a salary of $72,000 a year. She only worked for me for about six months and then was let go, and now I am being sued. 
Um, the suit was online. You can read through it if you really want to. But it basically alleges that she was wrongfully terminated, overworked, and underpaid, all of which are untrue. I have a very, very small team. I've always had a small team. There are not many ex-employees because most of my team members have been with me for a really long time now. My team is like family to me. I love them all so much. You guys know a lot of them from being in the background of my YouTube videos. And I stand behind the fact that they are very, very well taken care of. The fact that this is like even attempting to become a narrative makes me feel like sick to my stomach because it is wildly, wildly untrue. And I am so grateful for the people around me. Uh, the case also kind of makes it seem like she's just trying to get back like the wages that she feels like she should have been paid for her work, which I wish were the truth because in reality, this suit is actually for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, if you're not familiar with cases like this, they're unfortunately pretty common in like the entertainment industry, but they usually don't actually make it to court, which may sound weird, but it's for two different reasons. The first one being they are ridiculously long. Uh, this was filed two years ago. People are only finding out about it like now, but we are not even close to getting an actual court date yet. So it is a long, long process and quite a headache. Um, because it's so long, reason number two is it gets really, really expensive really fast for the defendant, which in this case is myself. So most of the time the defendant will settle, which basically means paying an amount of money to, ew, sorry, paying an amount of money to the person making the suit to just drop it and move on. Uh, and I'm not going to act like this was not an option for me. Settling is oftentimes a good option, a smarter option, because it's faster, it's cheaper, and it's a lot less of a headache. Um, she is suing me. She has sued other YouTubers in the past. She was bragging on Twitter about how she just said another case recently, so this is clearly a thing. Uh, but settling is no longer an option. It's on the table, and I'm going to tell you why. This past week, I was reached out to for comment about a news article that is coming soon. Uh, and I learned that she is talking to the press about this lawsuit and what it was like to work for me as an employee. However, she's adding a ton of absolutely ridiculous, absurd, untrue, defamatory, just the, the craziest claims you could ever imagine. Uh, and in my opinion, it's an attempt to pressure me into making a much, much higher settlement offer. Once again, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. These claims range everything from I was so lazy, she had to force me to get out of my bed and brush my teeth, and without her, I would have never made a single video or a single dollar, but also things much more serious and disgusting, such as that I used to say the N-word around her all the time. This is just perfect, convenient timing as well, considering this past weekend, my old Twitter account, which I have not accessed since 2016, it only has one tweet, I guess was hacked last year, and the hacker publicly tweeted somebody the N-word, and people actually thought that it was me. The worst part about all of this, though, is that if I were in some universe to make this ungodly amount of settlement money, if I was to pay it, I'm sure a lot of you are smart enough to take a guess as to what would happen to these claims. They would be retracted and they would magically go away. I, I can't believe, I can't believe this. I shouldn't say that. I just don't want to believe this. This is, I'm sorry, but I lost her word. This is just disgusting. I know that my lawyer has been like a, a topic of conversation, a, a meme, a part of my internet persona for a while now, and I get it. But contrary to popular belief, I have never, ever paid anybody to speak or to not speak about me, and this will not be the first time that I do it. It just won't. And unfortunately, at this point, my only option is to pursue this to the fullest extent of the law and hope that one day, whenever it does get to a courtroom in the future, justice will be served. The problem, though, and why I'm making this video today is because until that happens one day, 
we are dealing with the court of public opinion, which is a very, very different situation. And it's a court that is not on my side right now, which is just frustrating because like I mentioned earlier, I feel as though this is all just to pressure me. There has been two years of time and opportunity to speak about any of this stuff. But but now it's happening and now we're going to the press and now we're doing this back and forth. It, it just fe it feels so wrong to me. Um, I wanted to make this video today to give anybody who may care and any of my followers some sort of background, some sort of explanation, some sort of insight into what's actually happening behind the scenes because it's crazy. And I don't want this. Okay. Yeah. I just, a child, the tattoo tears, the tiny violin. Okay. James, we get it. She was adding a lot of sauce. You're trying to defend yourself. You look horrible in the court of public opinion because you're always involved in some type of sex scandal with teen pain, okay? I get it. I had to cut him off. He was just doing too much. But I feel like this woman is definitely clout chasing because his lawsuit has been in the making for two years. And her trying to talk all this stuff is it's extra. It's, it's no longer black male. It's white male. <laughs> like somebody said in the comments, it's white male at this point, okay? I mean, just come on. Like, I, I can see sometimes where some of these YouTubers can take advantage of their videographer, their editor, and things like that. But she was making $72,000 a year, which is very damn good money. And on top of that, trust and believe, she was right there with him when he was at Coachella and at different events and everything else. So she was also living that jet-setting life. But there's obviously something wrong with her because this is the second lawsuit that she's filed against another YouTuber. So, you know, if anything, YouTubers should be looking at this and staying clear, you know, clear away from her because it sounds like she has issues. Now, I'm not saying that James Charles is innocent and he's never done nothing wrong because, honey, I've drugged him plenty of times. But I just felt from like, you know, reading that interview that she did, she was definitely adding sauce to it. You know what I'm saying? She was definitely like trying to do more. And even with the whole N-word thing, OK, even if he was saying that, what did you say? You know, people love to push it out there, but were, were you engaging? Did you check him? Like, what happened when he got to saying it? So the whole situation is is just nuts. And for me, I just feel like, I don't know. And she's a bit, she's grown. So I don't understand why you're so enamored by a 20-something-year-old guy that he can ask you to shave his ass. It was just so stressful. I was forced to shave his butt. I was forced to brush his teeth. Fuck that. Where's your integrity? At what point do you say, this is ridiculous, you're a grown man, get up and brush your teeth. I'm not brushing them for you, nor am I waking up and telling you to brush your teeth. I'm not about to run behind an eight-year-old and try and shave their ass, wipe their ass, brush their teeth. You're grown at eight. <laughs> like, wipe your own ass. <laughs> your own butt. What kind of shit? Like, it just didn't make any sense. Like, she was just, at this point, she's reaching. So I'm not buying anything she has to say. I think they're all crazy. And they're just looking for a bag. And we live in that type of society where that's the thing now. Um, let's see here. Before I go, uh, Valletta Falcon sent $20. She says, hey, T, I've been a listener since 2015. Always love your thought-provoking commentary. We desperately need more critical thinkers. I definitely agree. And thank you so much for the super chat, sis. Appreciate you. Um, DJ E says, been trying to send a super chat for the last three streams. Just in case this one goes through, love from Cali. Thank you so much. See another person saying the same thing. Thanks for the love. Black Butterfly sent a sticker, says you're number one. Thank you, Black Butterfly. Um, Mia Brown sent $4.99. Oh, Mia Burton, excuse me. Thank you, Mia. Appreciate it. 
Uh, CC Wright sent $1,000 in CRC money. I don't know where CRC is, but thank you. I appreciate it. I wonder what that converts to. Because people be, you know, you know, foreign money be looking big. <laughs> foreign money be looking big. So like, $1,000. And then you convert it and be like, $199. <laughs> but thank you, sis. I appreciate it. Um, and Gozi says, oh, I'm getting tired of Chewbacca Charles. It's always something with him. Love you, mommy. Thank you so much. And thanks for the super chat. Um, let's see here. Kazala says, hey, auntie, you are very beautiful. I enjoy your honesty. I'm at work and we'll catch the playback after, after work. Okay, perfect. Y'all, I appreciate you guys for coming through. This has been a wonderful stream. I can't believe it's already 840. Gosh, I don't know if you're going to have enough time to do a Zoom, but we'll see. But thank y'all for coming through. I hope you guys enjoyed the live stream. I will talk to you guys later. I'm about to go ahead and get up out of here. So I'll be back again this week with either um, another podcast or a video. So talk to y'all later. Have a good night.